It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Sixth of time. It is a Monday. I'm back from vacation. Thanks, everybody. I'm already getting welcome backs. By the way, Larry and Casper, Grandpa Rich and Thermopolis. Morning, guys. You're the early risers. Trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call the show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So, I just to put this out there for the record i absolutely took vacation at the wrong time i come back just in time for some really nasty weather heading right our way i mean just nasty stuff this morning's not bad it actually is kind of nice this morning we're in the my sister listening in florida will laugh at this but it's on the calms ish side out there not you know breezy maybe 30 degrees. We'll be about 35 today. Not a big deal. Get into tonight, it starts to move in. Now, we'll be talking with Don Day at 745. I knew we were in trouble because he put on his YouTube podcast, he put up a special alert on Sunday. Don Day never puts up a post on Sunday. He doesn't work Sunday. Unless something really bad is going to happen, that's when he put that up. So I get back from Florida, and I start checking what's going on on Sunday. Just so you know, I did not pay attention to any news for a whole week. Checked out. Need to. Then I come back, and I look at first thing. Don Day posted on a Sunday. Oh, Lord, this is going to be a bad one. Now, every single year at this time, we do what's called stuff the van. Those of us in Town Square Media gather. In this particular case, it's not the event for you folks in Cheyenne. You already have had your you're getting your toys together for the needy people and so on. And, you know, you do that every single year. I am going to be in Casper. We do this every year. Out in front of a Walmart. I don't know why they can't bring us inside. Doesn't matter what the weather is, we're out there and we gather toys and other such things to make sure that needy families have what they need, not just to get through Christmas, but through this time of year. We do this every single year. So when I get off the air here, I go there. I'm not directly outside. They have us in some sort of a heated trailer, but still, it gets brutal, really brutal out there. And we'll be out there all week. I will be several hours every single day in this kind of weather that's going to hit us. And I'm looking at this thinking, I really took the wrong week off. All right. Wish we could predict these things a little bit better. I'll try next year anyway to 
schedule it around the weather, although we never know when this is going to happen. All right, put all that aside for a minute. Let's get back to some of the news that's going on. Now, I will get to the Twitter stuff. That's interesting to me. But this one, the one, I'm not surprised at all. That's the part that I really hate, that I'm not surprised at this at all. White House is on the offensive and defensive after prisoner swap for Brittany Grinder because it was such a bad deal. I don't mind at all if they have Brittany Griner on. So I thought what Russia did is, is typical of Russia. Russia arrested her and wanted to keep her in jail for 10 years because of what she carried with her, which is legal in many parts of the United States, but in Russia, real bad deal. So they wanted to give her 10 years in prison for that. And so we negotiate a deal to get her back, this basketball player. All right. The deal is so bad, though, I wouldn't have done it. If if I were in a position of authority, I would have said, sorry, Russia, try again. But typical of not just the Biden administration, I remember the Obama administration making really lousy deals like this, too. Every time they went to negotiate with some despot somewhere in the world, they showed up ready to give in to all sorts of demands, appease like crazy, just to get any kind of a deal, which is not the way to do this. In fact, I know this is going to drive people on the left crazy, but go back to President Trump, give him credit because he negotiated from a position of power and authority. So he got the better of the deal. Then again, this is the guy who wrote the book, The Art of the Deal. So he knew how to show up in a position of authority and power and get a good deal, which is one of the reasons why when Trump was president, so many really bad deals had been made with other countries when it came to trade. Just horrible trade deals had been made, which put America at an extreme disadvantage. And Trump came along and said, no, these be, these deals are bad for business. I'm a businessman. I know these deals are bad for business. So from a position of strength, he made these countries come sit down at the bargaining table, and he got a much better deal. In fact, a deal that actually, in most cases, worked not just well for us here in the United States, but worked well for the countries that he was negotiating with. So we need more of that, not what the Obama administration gave us and not what the Biden administration just did. Uh, Part of the story here, the question, this is where there's a guy who's an arms dealer. And dear Lord, the kinds of weapons that he has dealt with it. And we had him as a prisoner for a reason. All right, here's the story that I have in front of me from the Hot Air blog. Above all else, we are happy that Brittany was released and will be home with her family and friends, whether or not we agree with her political activism or her personal behavior. As Americans, we bring our people home. Brittany violated a Russian drug law who really thinks that nine years in prison or ten years is appropriate. That was mad Vladimir Putin poking a finger at Joe Biden when she was a WNBA star and a black lesbian. The author says, my goodness, she 
checks off all, a lot of boxes in Democrat politics. She was a valuable asset for the Russians in this case. So they got a world-famous arms dealer with American blood on his hands in exchange. A guy who des- seriously should spend the rest of his life behind bars. A menace, not just to society, but the world. And he's back out. And you know that means he's just going to do it again. He'll have blood on his hands again. The author says, is it possible to be happy for Britney's release as fellow American? And it it is possible. It is possible to question the competence of the Biden administration, too. Biden was happy to take the credit for her release. He had still photos taken in the Oval Office of him taking the call with Britney upon her release, surrounded by Secretary of State and Camilla Harris and Brittany's wife. And Biden held a press conference. Everyone voiced concerns that fellow American detainee Paul Wilhelm was not released. What about that? We'll get to that another time. That's a, that's a whole other story here. So, okay, as it turns out, both sides of the aisle are not happy. Even Democrats in Congress are not happy about this. The question has been placed to us, this is a quote, do we have a uh, security concerns here? We do. And this is some Democrats talking here. And, and this is what concerns me most of all, is letting this guy go, again, an arms dealer, with blood on his hands. And that's why we have him. And he should never be out, allowed out in public again. And now that he's been released back to Russia, he's going to do it all over again. That is an actual security risk. Like the Obama administration, the Biden administration does not know how to negotiate a deal. Larry and Casper, which Walmart? East Side. That's going to be on the one on uh, 2nd Street. East Side Walmart is where I'll be at from 11 till 3. Not mattering at all what the weather is. It's just, I, it doesn't matter. It's going to be nasty out there. It's going to be a blizzard. But we always do this every single year regardless. So, yeah, Larry, if you want to stop by and say hi, Walmart East Side every day this week from 11 till 3 o'clock despite the weather. All right, 616 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Have you missed your favorite episode? 97 Woods or Chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, so again, back to the Brittany Grinder thing real quick here. Yeah, a horrible deal. An arms dealer with blood on his hands, who we have, for a basketball player who is going to get 10 years for bringing some... Well, we, we sell it all over here, even in the state of Wyoming. Those people who like to go to... not They're not buying marijuana... But it's stuff that is infused in certain ways to help with pain and other such problems. And all right. So that's what she was arrested for and given 10 years. What a horrible deal. Now, I mentioned the Obama administration used to do this all the time. So I dug up a story. We're going back to the Daily Signal. Representative Doug Lamborn wrote this article for the Daily Signal. 
He represents Colorado's 5th District in the U.S. House of Representatives. He writes, I have some bad news for Americans and our allies around the world. President Obama is quite good at making bad deals, particularly with dangerous regimes and groups. The nuclear negotiations with Iran are but the most recent example. A nuclear framework agreement has been reached, but the latest deal coming out of Switzerland is dangerous on two fronts first. It doesn't protect Americans' interest or protect Israel, our strongest ally in the region. Second, the agreement doesn't meaningfully restrict extremist Iran regime from expanding its nuclear program. This is also, remember, that part of the deal, and, and the Obama administration keeps denying this, but basically a plane load of cash showed up. Remember that? In Iran. He writes, an example can be found 2014 when a President Obama traded five hardened terrorists imprisoned in Guantanamo Bay for the release of Sergeant Bo Bergdahl, who had been held captive by the Taliban for five years. What makes the deal particularly disturbing, aside from the president even entertaining the idea of freeing dangerous enemies of America, Bergdahl already was suspected of desertion. In essence, he was swapping five terrorists for one deserter. Not a good deal. To add insult to injury, at least one terrorist involved in the swap is believed to already rejoin Taliban fighting force. Again, this is years back when Obama was president. Right? So what do these bad deals say about the administration? They are striking parallels. Or, uh, there are striking parallels. That should be pointed out. Both bad deals relegated Congress to the sidelines when it should have been instrumental in making these decisions in these matters. In the case of Bergdahl, president conducted a swap without seeking consultation of Congress. Although U.S. law explicitly requires the president and his administration to notify Congress 30 days before any transfer of prisoners from Guantanamo Bay, this failure to notify was no accident. It was the president deliberately flouting the law. But that was typical for Obama and typical for this current president, too. As the courts have shown many times over, as our own courts have shown shooting down Biden administration executive orders over and over. In the case of the Iran nuclear talks, once again, Congress was left in the dark. The president with a situation where the president was unilaterally making decisions. The president placed more faith in the despot leaders of Iran than in the process established by our Constitution and our elected members of Congress. This is a slap in the face of Congress, and for that matter, a slap of the Constitution as well. In both situations, he writes, the president downplayed the question of aspects of the deals, but exaggerated the facts to make the deals sound better than they were. Again, typical of Obama and Biden to make it sound all really rosy, and anybody who points out the flaws of the deal are supposed to be guilty of misinformation? This is what we're told anyway. Obama made grandiose claims about Iran's good deeds in the nuclear talks, but ignored the blatant threats the Iranian regime has made toward the United States and Israel. He argued the Taliban terrorists released in the Bergdahl deal weren't even a threat to American lives. That was, to say, very naive. Again, one of those guys 
we know at the time, went right back to terrorism. He left Guantanamo and went right back to doing what he was doing before. I still, every time I think about the Iranian deal, I think about that plane load of money. It's a massive plane load of cash that was just delivered to Iran. So the representative writes, it seems clear the president acted as he did because he knew his actions in both situations were would not be tolerated by Congress, as is customary with President Obama when he knows he is in a, has a tough sell to the American people in Congress. He creates ways to maneuver around even the constitutional barriers to push forward his agenda. What gets me is, and they let him get away with it too, but all right. He writes, it's clear President Obama doesn't want to work with Congress because, well, we thwart his plans. Instead of working within reasonable limits established by the Constitution and trusting that good policy will win in the end, President Obama repeatedly has shown willingness to play fast and loose with truth and achieve, uh, well, his policy goals that are both wrong and dangerous, which, once again, Let's take a look. See, who was vice president when Obama was president? Right. He's president now. So let's take a look at this then. President Biden did exactly what was done. And president, by the way, we go back and take a look at Biden throughout the years. Even, even before he was vice president, he went around the world for Congress as a senator, negotiating all sorts of deals. As vice president of the United States, negotiating all sorts of deals. And this is typically the kinds of things he did. This is the way he negotiated, which is never a good deal. So just like during the Obama years, we're going to let a bunch of terrorists from Guantanamo go. Terrorists with blood on their hands, we're going to let them go. To bring back one deserter from our own military. So here's now the Biden administration. We're going to let an arms dealer with literally blood on his hands go back to Russia so he can do it all over again for a basketball player. What a lousy deal. Now, that's not to say that I don't want this basketball player to come home. I thought it would. what was happening to her was just stupid, but that's Russia for you, right? And I wanted some way to fix this and get her back home because, again, this was just stupid. She, Like her or not, she's an American. So we should do something to bring her back. But, wow, what a lousy deal. Which says a lot beyond world politics in general. You could even bring this back home. Why did the Obama administration make so many bad deals at home? Why does the... Biden administration makes so many bad deals at home. Same thing, right? Aren't we dealing with the exact same thing? So you understand how these people think. Which is why, let's go back to more of the libertarian in me. One of the reasons I don't want these people to have a whole lot of power is exactly what you're seeing here. This kind of behavior. We have elected for some stupid reason here in America just the most corrupt and dumbest people possible. This is what we're going to get out of them. So why in the world would we give them so much power and authority when they are this corrupt, this naive, and just, frankly, this stupid? And yet somehow we let them get away with it time and time again. All right, well, coming up on some local news we have to take care of. That weather forecast, pay attention to it, Don Day. We'll talk about the coming storm for this week then. 
645, he has an extended forecast. He gets into detail about that. Oh, look, I just found an article. Ford dealers are balking at electric vehicle requirements. Really? Let me take a look at that next. Coming up on 630. Not a bad start to the day today weather-wise, but that's about to change as we get into Monday night. We'll get you up to speed on all of that. Let's wake up my own. With the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app, this is AM 1030, K2 Radio. 6.36 the time, Wake Up Wyoming. Several good comments here. Jim and Casper, our government will negotiate for other citizens that are called smuggling drugs in other countries. Sentenced to prison for worse, but this athlete, yeah. That's a uh, Grandpa Rich. I think this is still Obama's third term. Yeah. Chris, uh, Brittany's release, I don't know. I don't want to hear a single Democrat talk about gun control after giving her to an arms dealer. Yeah, and Rihanna for danger. This now destroys their anti-gun argument. They better not uh, bitch about fun uh, gun violence after this. Rick is in Casper about the U.S. and China. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Glenn. Uh I just uh, had a, a comment, see what you saw. Um, I was reading an article about the intertwining of America and China and the uh, the power of a uh, long-term vision of the uh, 5,000 to 6,000-year-old China compared to uh, the 200-plus years of America and who really has the influential power over who. And... Uh, what I was getting out of the article is that every aspect of our society in America, whether it's the industrial, communication, farming, food, you name it, medical, military, it's all intertwined with China. And the power of cheap labor pretty well has caused that effect to occur. And there are those who think that, well, in the next generations coming up in America will soon, let's just say, unravel this thing. Mm-hmm. But as as you see a tree that's grafted in, yeah, uh, it's hard to separate that graft. And uh, the way I look at our ge- generations, whether it's a, a 18, 17, 16-year-old coming up the line, I don't see the uh, the uh, that. The, the benefit, the power of the teaching of history uh, to help to unravel that, uh, that that is the aspect that kind of uh, leaves me uncertain about America and the longevity of of this nation going forth. Because China has the power uh, based on the idea of its longevity, it has a few, it has a long term plan. Well, then again, though, we have to think of China in the sense of you know, when did communist China come along, 
and communist China was. So they're not as old as America is when you think of that, when, you know, that overturned. Yeah. And then, it, yeah, sure. And then you got to think of the one thing that we do have over China. We're their biggest customer. So if we falter as an economic power, they're screwed. So they better keep us a big economic power because we buy more from them than anybody else. So there's sort of a symbiotic relationship there. But So now it comes down to who controls who, the customer or the producer. And that's where we're faltering because right now, as you're saying, a lot of our young people don't have the work ethic of as previous generations did or the idea of keeping America above all of the other countries and in charge, I'd much rather have a country display. We have our flaws as Americans. We do. But I would much rather have America as the world's power than a nation like China. And I think current generations have been taught to look at America, well, look down on America, and talk about how America got here as if we did something drastically wrong, that we're worse than communist China. That's what they were taught growing up that you're right we have to go back and educate our youth not just with history but with a good strong work ethic so we stay on top yeah you know the i, I think the idea of us ever separating uh was what i was getting out of yeah. the article and i just don't see where uh it will ever benefit america uh to ever separate from china i think we're just we're grafted in, and 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 right. whether we are going to satisfy ourselves by calling ourselves American this or American that, okay, that may be an illusion that has to be carried forward, so that China is satisfied knowing that you know what we got them, yeah, and whether they whether they think that they're separated from us, okay, that's the illusion we'll put out, mm. and uh, but uh, going forward. Uh, Glenn, I, I think I think what you see is what you get, and there's not going to be a separation that's going to benefit either nation. Right. Uh, uh, so I don't know. You know what? I like uh, I like Chaim Main the, the like the next guy likes Chaim Main. You right. know, so I better start liking it even more. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. There always is. There's nothing wrong with having the symbiotic relationship with other countries. In fact, one of the smartest things we've done is to get into business with China because as you know, powerful as China is, again, we are their biggest customer. And being a customer means that we should be in charge. In other words, if we stop doing business with them, they're screwed. And they need to know that. That's the position we need to put ourselves in. All right, this is an important forecast extended from Don Day, 642, Wake Up Wyoming. This weather up and mobile across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six forty-eight is the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Off to the ice box we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Uh, Frank, that ice box is going to become the warm place in the next couple of days. I, I may not even leave the building. To yeah, be it might be a good you. idea. I mean, not yeah. till Wednesday. I took my vacation on the long week. No, no, yeah, you should have been leaving. 
Like now. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a good idea. And then, I, and then you'd be yeah. on the beach going... <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, though, they have this thing going on at the Walmart shopping center in Casper on the east side, which is the... You know, stuff the van. Same. Yeah, well, good luck with that one. We have to be outside doing all of that. Yeah, good well, luck with that directly. one. Directly, it's going to be... Yeah, you're not going to be there, are you? No, because... Uh, <sighs> stand out in the snow? Well, yeah, we're not exactly out in the snow. There's like this trailer with a little heater in it. Can they just pull the trailer inside? That'd be nice. Well... But no. No. We do it no matter what the weather is every single year, and people turn out and are very generous and give all sorts of gifts and so on. But this is when I decide to come back when... We have to be outside during the course of a blizzard. Scheduling, Frank. We need to schedule things yeah, better. I, I will be there in spirit with you. I'm sure you will be. Laughing all the way. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Oh, hey, I did come, come across something. and This is uh, a place in Florida. I drove by. I saw the marquee. And I thought about this and thought, I want to go in. I was with family. I couldn't get them to stop. But I wanted to go in just because I need to experience it. The sign out in front of the building read, Nude Psychic Readings and Tax Advice. Well, the tax advice nude is is money in the bank. I don't trust the tax advice or the psychic reading. But don't you just want to see how this plays out? Well, yeah, because they have really nothing to hide. <laughs> oh, good one, Frank. Marking that one down is Frank's best joke this year so far. Or the best joke of yes. the day. Yeah, where probably we're at, anyway. Not even 7 a.m. Yeah, yeah so. that's right. But don't you look at something like that every so often and think, I know this is not going to end well, but I just need to see how it plays out? Yeah, I, um, let me know how it turns out. Well, the NFL from yesterday, another game, another loss for the Denver Broncos. They are a whopping 3-10 and after a 34-28 loss to Kansas. Kansas City yesterday. The Chiefs jumped out to a 27-0 lead. Broncos did get back in the game with a couple of interceptions. They eventually turned into touchdowns, but the season has been an outright disaster for the Broncos. And quarterback Russell Wilson left the game in the fourth quarter with a concussion. Prior to that injury, Wilson was 23 of 36 for 247 yards and three touchdowns. Denver has lost eight games this year by one score. Also in the NFL, Casper native UW grad and Cincinnati linebacker Logan Wilson had 14 solo tackles in their 23-10 win over Cleveland. The Bengals have won five in a row. Buffalo is 10-3 after a 20-12 win over the New York Jets. Former Wyoming Cowboy and Buffalo star quarterback Josh Allen, 16-27 for 147 yards, a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. In men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys improved the 5-5 five five with a 92-65 win over Louisiana Tech on Saturday in Laramie. Noah Reynolds and Brendan Wenzel chucked in 20 points apiece, going a combined 12 of 20 from the floor. Most folks thought that the Pokes would be better than 5-5 five five at this juncture, but there's a long way to go. UW will play Dayton on Saturday at a tournament in Chicago. Chicago. In women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls won their fourth in a row. They beat Missouri-Kansas City yesterday in Laramie 72-43. Malene Peterson had led the way with 20 points on 8 of 11 from the field. Quinn Weideman had was 5 of 7 from the floor and finished with 12. UW is the team shot an astounding 57% from the floor, so they're 6-3 on the year. Their next game will be on December the 18th at Nebraska. National Finals Rodeo wrapped up on Saturday in Las Vegas in the Saddlebrock. Former Sheridan College Cowboy Zeke Thurston won the world championship and the average. Over, he won over $74,000 for winning the average and won over $399,000 for the year. Needless to say, he had a terrific rodeo, and it's his third world title. Cheyenne East High School grab Brody Crest third in the average of the Saddlebrock and sixth in the world standings with over $246,000 of earnings this year. Crest won the average of the NFR last year. Tanner Butner of Daniel, Wyoming, 14th in the world standings. Over in the bareback, Buffalo's Cole Reiner ended up seventh in the average and 
and seventh in the world standings with over 228,000 in earnings this season. That's it in sports. Any games that this snow event might probably not. No, probably not. No. Okay, good. Yeah. And, anything and that, we'll see. We'll see what happens by Friday. But yeah. you know, normally. Yeah, you, there, there may be a few high school things, but I, you know, normally they're running, you know, Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday. Should be okay because I see Thursday slight chances. No, that's the cleanup Thursday. Well, yeah, just, and then Friday is about twenty three degrees as a high, and that's just cold this time of year. That's yeah. just December in Wyoming, but no snow, no snow Saturday. So it should be over. In it, time dep- for it, you guys it also to, depends where you're going too. That's true. Okay, Don Day will be on with me at 7.45. We'll go through all of Florida looks better and better every, every single, single minute. I'm telling you, I was having such a nice time. All right, thank you. Coming on some local business we have to take care of right after local business. We're going to get into news time, national, local, update on the weather forecast. Then we'll make fun of Twitter. I mean, why not? And, and this time they can't get out of it. They can't shadow ban anyone. They're not in charge of themselves anymore. Let's wake up, Wyoming. I'm concerned. Seven oh six the time. It's wake up Wyoming. It is a Monday. I'm back from Florida. My name is Len Woods. Thanks for joining me. Back just in time for the blizzard. Why not? I might as well just go ahead and dive head first into it, which I will be doing, by the way. I'll explain in just a moment. Trigger alert. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. I was telling people in the first hour of the program, the uh, problem is I came back from vacation, not just, just in time for the blizzard. Here it comes. But also, we're not going to stop doing this just because the storm is coming. So in Casper, Wyoming, every year at this time, we have a Stuff the Van event, which lasts all week long. So Town Square Media hosts take turns hosting. I will be there weekdays all this week. I don't care what the weather is, along with everybody else that will be rotating shifts from 11 until 3 throughout the entire week. I don't care if temperatures will be in the teens, the wind's going to be blowing the snow sideways. But we do this every year, no matter what the weather is. I remember, right, I think last year wasn't all that bad. There were some nice days. But now, though, it's going to be a rough one. But this is what we do. So if you're in the Casper, Wyoming area, 
East Walmart, which is on 2nd Street. I'll be there from 3 to 11. There's a lot of needy families out there. And this kind of stuff doesn't just get them through Christmas, but through this time of year as well. So we're looking for posts on the Wake Up Wyoming site. We're looking for cash is good, unwrapped gifts good as well. While you're there at Walmart or if you stop by with something from some other location, that's fine too. And we just continue to gather what is needed for families to get through what is particularly tough here inflation-wise, of course. Because you take a look at the cost of things right now, makes this time of year not just for presents but for food very difficult. That's why we do this. So it doesn't matter what the weather is, we're going to be out doing that. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods is the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You've been waiting all week, I know. Now I'm back, and we can do this together, ladies and gentlemen. Let's make fun of Twitter. You're no one if you're not on Twitter. And if you aren't there already, you've missed it. If you haven't been bookmarked, retweeted, and blocked, you might as well not have existed. You might as well not have existed. Now, the, I think the interesting thing to me is when Elon Musk bought Twitter, they left a lot of information behind. I'm not sure how all of this works, but I'd say there's a paper trail, but they don't really use paper there at all in their servers and information on what exactly Twitter has been up to. And it is every bit as bad as some people that were called tin-hatted conspiracy theorists said that it was. So what we found out so far, and Elon Musk is still slowly releasing information from within Twitter about what Twitter was up to. So, yes, they started shadow banning people, including even before the whole January 6th thing, even President Trump. In fact, there were people who were Trump haters who posted pictures of Trump, and that would get taken down just like someone who was pro-Trump would have their picture of Trump or something pro-Trump taken down. Anything involving Trump was taken down. But it wasn't just about him. Let's not forget, of course, Hunter Biden, the whole laptop thing. There was that. But in general, conservative arguments were suppressed. That's what they call shadow banning. And they said at Twitter that we don't do that. And yet, that's exactly what they were involved in. And the extent of this, in fact, at the time, the head of Twitter was in front of Congress saying, oh, we don't do that yet. It turns out it's even worse. Twitter was at first working with, well, taking advice from the government, but then working with the FBI and the CIA and on and on and on the list went of government agencies that they were working with. Even though they're not an agent of the government, they were working with these government agencies to suppress anything from alternate points of view. So only one point of view was getting out there. And this is part of the reason, not the only reason, but part of the reason I just dropped out of Twitter a long time ago. This is part of the reason, of course, for the whole leftist freak out at Twitter and, and they're saying that this is a problem with the First Amendment and freedom of speech. No, what's happened is re we're restoring freedom of speech. All right, so one of the many stories I have here is titled Twitter Files, Part 2, Blacklists and Shadow Banning. 
We've known for at least yesterday, the story says, the next part of the Twitter files exposed would come from Barry Weiss. A few minutes ago, there was an alert that was put out that those things are now being dropped. And see, Twitter files part two, Twitter secret blacklist. Hashtag Twitter fans investigation reveals that teams of Twitter employees built blacklists to prevent disfavored tweets from trending and actively limited the visibility of entire accounts or even trending topics all in secret without informing users. Twitter once had a mission to give everyone the power to create and share ideas and information and opinions instantly without barriers. Along the way, barriers nevertheless were erected. So here's one example. Uh, Stanford's Dr. Bay Batakari, I can't even pronounce that last name, who argued that COVID lockdowns would harm children. Twitter secretly placed him on a trends blacklist, which prevented his tweets from trending. And by the way, there were other people who were saying, well, you heard me say this on the air. People walking around wearing COVID masks or masks for COVID. Now, the only good that that does, when we speak, we all spit. Okay, so that's why doctors wear that in the operating room. Because if you're speaking, you're spitting. You don't know that you are sometimes, but you are. So that catches that. And also there's a lot of humidity that comes out of your mouth. And so it catches some of that. Having said that, though, all sorts of viruses are so small. They're so tiny. They get right through the mask. It doesn't matter. They get right through it. When I was traveling over the holiday, I was in not just uh, Denver and, uh, you know, Wyoming Airport, but I was also, I had to actually route through Chicago to get back to Denver to get back to Wyoming, believe it or not. And I saw people wearing masks in the airports. And what got me was how many people are wearing masks thinking that they're actually doing something. I, I see that in public in general, too. Go to the grocery store, go to a restaurant, whatever the case is, someone wearing a mask. And they seem to think it's a false sense of security that it's doing something. Because the germs, even though it stops some humidity and some spitting, germs the size of COVID and the flu and so on, just get right through. The paper mask and the cloth mask are pretty much useless. Germs just get right through as you breathe. And yet people have this false sense of security that it's working. Now, the science, I keep hearing the science. Science proves this. Studies prove this. Yet, when people started to put up on Twitter that, hey, those masks you're wearing are not effective. They're not doing anything. Twitter would make sure that that wouldn't trend. Not many people would see the post. In fact, they might even ban, shadow ban the person themselves, so anything that they posted would then be shadow banned. It doesn't matter that multiple studies from major universities came out saying those masks aren't doing anything. doesn't matter. Twitter was told that they do, therefore anyone who said otherwise would not be allowed to say it out loud. Here's one. Consider the popular right-wing talk show host Dan Bongino, 
who was uh, slapped with a search back uh, blacklist. If you tried to search for Dan Bongino on Twitter, you probably won't find him. Twitter set the account for conservative activist Charlie Kirk. Do not amplify. Let's see. There's some other ones here. Um, Yeah, Kirk is saying, I was put on Twitter's black, which I think is a badge of honor, by the way. Let's see. Twitter denied that it did such things in 2018. In fact, did so in front of Congress. We do not shadow ban, they said. They were lying. I'm with those people who are asking, so the CEO of Twitter who is in front of Congress saying, we don't shadow ban, we don't do that. Is he going to be held in contempt? Quote, we control visibility quite a bit and we control the amplification of your content quite a bit. And normally people do not know that how much we do, one Twitter employee and engineer told reporters later. To additional uh, other additional employees confirmed that again, we control visibility quite a bit, and we control the amplification of content quite a bit. I know Facebook does this too, by the way. So I mean, I've got a whole lot more on this, but this is just an idea of a lot of what you heard about Twitter is absolutely true. Now think. Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Google, to name a few, were all involved, have all been involved, and most of them still are involved in the same exact activity to this day. 718 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods, make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven twenty-three is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Just diving in a little bit into Twitter this morning. Twitter is a lot like crystal meth because it's really fun to do. And Oprah's on I don't even know what that means. I just love it here. So Barry Wise, she's working for Hot Air Blog. She's putting up a whole bunch of just reveals about what's going on in Twitter. Uh, the group decided whether to limit the reach of certain users. There was a strategic response team. They actually had that. Global escalation team. Yeah. They they handled case after case, day after day, and wrote algorithms to suppress certain people and certain content. Quote, but there exists a level beyond official ticketing, beyond the rank-and-file moderators following the company's policy on paper. This is the site integrity policy. And the policy escalation support. In other words, they put in one group after the next to try to control content. And then there were other people working unofficially doing even more. It's a secret group. Secret group included head of legal policy and trust and head of trust and safety. This is where the biggest and most politically sensitive decisions got made. Think high, follow account, controversial controversial accounts. Twitter employees told us they would, these people would be ticketed for just about anything. So if you were ever on Twitter, and those people on Facebook, you've seen this happen to you too. You get flagged for something, and you get put in Facebook jail, and Twitter would do the same thing. And you're looking at going, what the heck did I do? Well, yeah, but you're one of these people who they want to harass, essentially, because they don't like the kinds of things that you say. So any excuse 
And if they could make you quit, that'd be all just fine with them. Okay, so they want to release a full list of people who are affected. That'd be a long list. And there are certain accounts that people would normally follow that all of a sudden weren't. Have you ever noticed this for those who use social media? There are certain accounts that you love to follow, but then one day you don't see much from them anymore. What's happening to their content? Where are they? Well, it's being suppressed even from you, even though you follow them directly. Now, again, we take a look at Twitter doing this, but Facebook, YouTube, Google, et cetera, et cetera, all involved in the same kind of activity. And then when called in front of Congress, they lie. and We don't do that. An internal Slack message, that's an acronym. Twitter employees spoke of using technicalities to restrict the visibility of tweets and subjects. Here's Yoel Roth, Twitter, then global head of trust and safety. Isn't that Orwellian? The global head of trust and safety. In a direct message to a colleague in 2021, a lot of times uh, Slack has been used technically for spam enforcements created by safety under enforcing their policies, which let me go ahead and click on it so I can get a better look at it because some of the words are uh, cut off here. Uh, I'm still getting this. Okay. Um, okay. It, technically, for spam enforcement as a way to solve a problem created by safety by under-enforcing their policies, which, again, isn't a problem per se, but it keeps us from addressing the root cause of the issue, which is that our safety policies need some attention. And then he goes on to say who needs attention and for what reasons. And he says, much of what we've improved is the exposure of misinformation that they think at Twitter directly causes harm. So if they believe that it causes harm, then they will go ahead and suppress that information based on their opinion as to whether it causes harm or not, which what they're not allowing in that case is a free exchange of ideas which is what Twitter said that they were all about. They said they were a free exchange of ideas. Now, some may argue, hey, you're talking Twitter here. It's a private company. They can do what they want. And I've even argued that myself. If you want to use Twitter and Facebook and Google, and these are private companies, they get to make the rules. The problem that I have, though, and a lot of other people have, is what Twitter says that they do and then what they actually do behind the scenes to affect the narrative. Hunter Biden's laptop, for example, anything bad that might have been said about uh, President Obama or President Biden as bigger examples of that. Uh, information regarding COVID or climate change or pick fossil fuels, as they like to call it. Pick your topic. If it didn't agree with their point of view, they would make sure that most people would never be able to see an alternate point of view. And yet here they sit in front of Congress saying, we don't do that. We're an open platform. People can say whatever they want to say. You get the basic idea. What's fun about Twitter, as far as I'm concerned, is now, because of Elon Musk, this is all being exposed. And I have not even scratched the surface on what they did. And we're still finding out more about what they did. In other words, bunch of liars. Thank you, Elon, for buying the company and just dumping this stuff. Which, oh, by the way, I'm interested to see, is there anything from CNN or MSNBC or the New York Times or other news organizations on this story? 
I would bet not much. Coming up on 7.30, update on your weather forecast, which is important, local news as well. Wake up, Wyoming. than a new case of measles. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up, Wyoming mobile app. 7.36 is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. So let's go real quick, since I was picking on Twitter, back to congressional hearing. This is Jack Dorsey. He was CEO of Twitter at the time. And he's testifying in front of Congress. First, I want to step back and share our view of Twitter's role in the world. We believe many people use Twitter as a digital public square. They gather from all around the world to see what's happening and have a conversation about what they see. In any public space, you'll find inspired ideas and you'll find lies and deception. People who want to help others and unify and people who want to hurt others and themselves and divide. What separates a physical and digital public space is greater accessibility and velocity. We're extremely proud of helping to increase the accessibility and velocity of a simple, free, and open exchange. We believe people will learn faster by being exposed to a wide range of opinions and ideas, and it helps make our nation and the world feel a little bit smaller. We are proud of how that free and open exchange has been weaponized and used to distract and divide people and our nation. We found ourselves unprepared and ill-equipped for the immensity of the problems that we've acknowledged. Abuse, harassment, troll armies, propaganda through bots and human coordination, misinformation campaigns, and divisive filter bubbles. That's not a healthy public square. Worse, a relatively small number of bad faith actors were able to game Twitter to have an outsized impact. Our interests are aligned with the American people and this committee. If we don't find scalable solutions to the problems we're now seeing, we lose our business and we continue to threaten the original privilege and liberty we were given to create Twitter in the first place. So he goes on from there. We get the idea, the main problem that we have. And yeah, there are people who want to divide and lie, and there's propaganda, and, you know, garbage like that. The best way, as far as I'm concerned, to handle that is more free speech. For those people who engage in lies and propaganda and deception and so on, the more free speech that there is, the better. Rather than Twitter picking a side and only allowing one side to have their point of view. And anybody else who disagrees is not going to be allowed to talk. If they are, if they do talk and some people hear them, it's going to be very few, some. It's not going to be a lot of people because Twitter won't allow it because it disagrees with what Twitter wants you to hear. And there is the problem. And then there's the celebrities of Twitter. Hi, I'm Farrah McGrendelson. Will you be an angel for a helpless lib? Every day, innocent libs are ratioed, flamed, and even neglected. For just $8 a month, you can sponsor a liberal, providing them with a blue check, 
and more importantly, with hope. That's about the cost of one white chocolate low whip almond milk latte light froth or one gallon of gas. Call now. Your donation will provide identity verification, all the benefits of Twitter Blue, and a newfound sense of self-worth to a poor needy lib. Plus, you'll receive a photo and regular updates from your sponsored lib. Everyone knows the only people worth listening to are blue checks. Don't let a lib become an absolute waste of a human being. Browse our database of needy libs today. Please act now, because due to inflation, $8 will soon be worth $4. And then you'll have to pay $16. Right now, there's a lib who's in need, and you can help. Don't wait. Every minute, more libs fade into obscurity. And even though they're definitively rich enough to pay for themselves, their liberal worldview dictates that you should be the one to shoulder the burden. It's the compassionate thing to do. I want it. I want it. It's okay. Elon Musk can't get you here. You're going to stay verified. Look at what you're doing to her, Elon. Okay, we'll see where this... I haven't gotten back on Twitter yet. It's been many years since I've done Twitter personally. Interested to see where this goes. To see if I want to jump on. Some people are saying he's destroying Twitter, Musk is... And it will go away soon. I don't know. I'm, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm thinking the idea of freedom of speech might just flip Twitter, whereas a lot of now – remember conservatives were leaving Twitter looking for someplace else to go to talk and leaving Facebook as well? Now the libs are going to do that. We're going to start our own platform. All right. Big weather changes. You've been hearing it in your weather forecast. You know it's coming. I've got Don Day coming on in just a couple of minutes. He and I are going to talk live about this changing winter weather forecast. The big one. The first big one of the year. 742, wake up, Wyoming. It's day one. Antidote to boring morning radio. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Seven forty-five is the time. Off we go to talk to Don Day. Day weather, okay, Don. I knew we were in trouble. I get back from Florida. I decide to finally start catching up on the news, and the first thing I see is you posted one of your podcasts on a Sunday. Now that means bad news for us. <laughs> yeah, that certainly means something is coming. But you, you know, for several times this fall, you've been saying, you know, when's that bigger storm coming? Uh-huh. And it just took you to go away yes. to conjure it up. So yes, exactly it right. And I had to come back at the wrong exact time. So, okay, let's talk about how bad is bad. Okay, I would say that this is the strongest December storm I've seen in several years. Okay. And what I want to really stress is that, you know, when we talk about storms, people tend to fixate on accumulations, you know, like that's kind of the measure of the storm. There are certainly going to be heavy snow accumulations, but what we're going to get with this, Glenn, is we're going to get a lot of wind in many areas, and this is going to end up becoming a blizzard situation for not all, but for many parts of Wyoming. It's got all the, the, the ingredients that make this a dangerous storm for folks caught unprepared, traveling, and, and for livestock interests. We're going to have heavy snow. Then we're going to have Arctic air come in, and then we're going to have wind picking up during that whole same time frame. 
and this is really going to be hitting tonight and this evening and through tomorrow and this storm is going to take two days it may be around longer than two days so it's a prolonged period of snow blowing and drifting snow and severe cold the the worst conditions glenn are going to be in the northeast and then the eastern border counties of the state that's where i see the combination of the heaviest snow with the worst wind and the very cold temperatures and wind chills but the entire state is going to feel the impacts from the storm where i think it's going to be really the worst is going to be douglas lusk on the way to shatter nebraska up into the black hills up to buffalo sheridan the buffalo area that johnson county area is going to is going to be in a lot of snow and a lot of wind casper is going to get you know at least six to 12 inches of snow out of this but casper is somewhat sheltered from the heaviest winds with this storm but that is kind of a it's still going to be windy, but the worst of the winds are going to be north and east of Casper and along I-25 and along 80. Interstate 80 is under the gun as well. That's good, but unusual news for Casper. They usually have the brunt of the wind. Yeah, so the it's still going to be windy. Okay, so we could still see gusts up to 30 to 40 miles an hour. But where I think the winds are going to be 40, 50 miles an hour with gusts to 60, we'll be out a little bit east. We we get a little bit of a shadow off the Bighorn Mountains on a, on a strong northwest flow, which is these winds are coming from the northwest. So for livestock interests that need to get protection to livestock, the prevailing wind with the storm, once it matures, is going to be from the northwest. It'll start as an east upslope wind, then come around from the northwest. There's going to be a lot of drifting. And with the snow falling in these very cold temperatures, it's the snow that transports very easy. So that means it's going to drift a lot. So it's going to be almost impossible to measure exactly how much snow we got out of this when it's all set. And so we're not just talking about I-80 being closed. I think Interstate 25, Interstate 90, Interstate 80, if they remain open, they will be treacherous. Right. All right. Well, we got a whole lot to go through today and tomorrow, so we'll get an update on that tomorrow. In the meantime, you come out with a daily podcast. I think that's already up through Cowboy State Daily, right? It is already up. Yes, sir. Right, we'll, so. we'll, we'll, send, uh, we'll do another update tomorrow. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. Well, there you go. There's a lot to prepare for between now and then. So let's head on over to the icebox where Frank Gambino is waiting by. So, Frank, I would say on your way home today, in fact, now is the time, go ahead and get snackage and make sure your Netflix is paid yeah, up. Well, I'm probably going to spend the night here, I think. so. You think so, yeah. Yeah, and which is okay. You know, I mean, we have a refrigerator. We have yeah. snackage here, you okay. know. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm... I'm I have done that. In fact, this bit, I haven't done it in this building, but I've done that in previous places. Even growing up in Florida at various radio stations, up oh, hurricanes coming, just stay. You know, it's a good place to stay. And besides that, this building, upstairs and downstairs, has several really nice couches to crash oh, on. Oh, I know, I know. The thing is that who's going to deliver pizza in the middle of a blizzard? No, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Okay, really? so have you already decided if you're going to crash here, where here? Bob Price has a great couch. He has a great couch, yeah. yeah. Ian has another one. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a couple there. It, you know, there's, I think there's maybe one more office that has a very nice couch in it. So that's, I think, definitely. You already got your uh, your pillows and blankets? You're going to go shopping I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out. In, yeah. in other times, there, there were two chairs in the lobby. If you put them together. No, nah, that's horrible. Not when you got those couches. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. The, you know, it'd be luxury in style. And sure. 
Watch the snowfall. With those conditions of the couches, I would say, you know, while you're laying on there, search for money and food. (laughs) Yeah, three chips and two pennies. Yeah, because those couches have been in here for decades. Oh, yes, yeah. So God knows not only what, but who you might find inside. I just, I'm just saying, Frank, if you're going to spend the night. Alrighty. Well, in the NFL from yesterday, another game, another loss for the Denver Broncos. They're a whopping 3-10 and after a 34-28 defeat to Kansas City down in Denver yesterday. The Chiefs jumped out to a 27-0 lead. The Broncos did get back in the game with a couple of interceptions. They, they eventually turned into touchdowns, but the season has been an outright disaster for the Broncos, and their quarterback, Russell Wilson, left the game in the fourth quarter with a concussion prior to that injury. Wilson was 23-36 of 36 for 247 yards and three touchdowns. Denver has lost eight games this year by one score. Also in the NFL, Casper, native and UW grad and Cincinnati linebacker Logan Wilson with 14 solo tackles in their 23-10 win over Cleveland yesterday. The Bengals won five, have now won five in a row. Buffalo is 10-3 after a 20-12 win over the New York Jets. Former Wyoming Cowboy and Buffalo star Josh Allen, 16-27 for 147 yards, a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys improved the 5-5 five five with a 92-65 win over Louisiana Tech on Saturday and Larry Noah Reynolds and Brendan Wenzel chucked in 20 each, going a combined 12 of 20 from the floor. Most folks thought the Pokes would be better than 5-5 five and five at this point, but there's still a long way to go. UW will play Dayton on Saturday at a tournament in Chicago. In women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls won their fourth in a row. They beat Missouri-Kansas City 72-43 yesterday in Laramie. Malene Peterson led the way with 20 points on 8 of 11 from the field. Quinn Weideman was 5 of 7 from the floor. She finished with 12. UW is the team shot a whopping 57% from the floor, so they're uh, improved the 6-3 and three on the year. The next game will be December the 18th at Nebraska. National Finals Rodeo wrapped up on Saturday in Las Vegas and the Saddle Brock former Sheridan College Cowboy Zeke Thurston won the World Championship and the average. He had over $74,000 in winnings just by taking the average and won $399,000 for the season. Needless to say, he had a terrific rodeo. That's his third world title. Cheyenne East High School grab Brody Crest was third in the average of the Saddle Brock and took sixth in the world standings with over $246,000 in earnings. Crest won the average of the NFR last year. Tanner Butner of Daniel, Wyoming, 14th in the world standings in that event. In the bareback, Buffalo's Cole Reiner ended up 7th in the average and 7th in the world standings with over 228000 in earnings this season. That's it in sports. Just, and I'm just going to go ahead and say, because I can say stuff like this, Frank, and get away with it. I know you're thinking it, but I can say it. Okay. And when this storm hits over the next few days... Anybody who is stuck out there on a closed highway or decides to go traveling for any reason is just an idiot. You're, you're on your own. Yes. You you, yeah. you created that. <laughs> you did, yeah. You, you created that. You have been warned in advance. You do have a bit of a reprieve this Monday for the good part of the day to get ready and get where you need to be. And then just stay there. You know, I, I know somebody who spent an evening on I-25 outside of Fort Collins during a snowstorm and... They'll never forget it. Yeah, and they'll never do it again. Yeah, and well, be, only because a truck in front of them jackknifed and they oh. couldn't move. <laughs> okay. You know, and then the snow buried him in the car. Yeah, I mean, all right, everybody prepare. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, get ready for this one. Everybody, just get ready. This is the time. You got the day to do it. Then just kind of hunker down for a little while and we'll all be fine. Yeah, make sure there's plenty of coffee in the building, Sister Deer says from Lake Wales. Oh, yeah, loads of that. 7.54 is the time. Local news, local business. Update on new weather forecast. Open phones. Wake up, Wyoming.
6 of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Get yourself to the store sometime today and stock up. You heard the forecast from Don Day. And Don was on at 7.45 to talk about the coming storm. This could actually last several days. So, yeah, it's going to be nasty out there. But, all right, you're used to this. This is a good time, really, to go ahead. And since we have the morning, really, and it's part of the afternoon to get ready, to go stock up on stuff and then just uh, don't travel, you know, next couple of days. Just don't. You know. And we'll keep you posted on everything that's coming with it, which should be for a good part of Wyoming, a pretty good storm. And as always, some people are going to get it worse than others. So, all right. We're the place to keep up to date, not just on air, but keep your app by. If you haven't downloaded the app, not just Wake Up Wyoming app, but for your local station that carries this program, download that app. Keep it with you because that's how information is disseminated these days off of the app. So as details come in, we have reporters and weather people and so on working from home even if they can't get to work they can just do it from home and they'll keep you informed and everything you need to know about all right open phone segment trigger warning warning this show contains reference to guns liberty limited government low taxation the cult of climate change free thinking cigar smoking short people rubber chickens karen's bureaucracy liberal buzzwords tour runs traffic toilets terrible jokes and more no apologies will be issued guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not report to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. I was just thinking. So, hey, Miss Mary, um, <clears throat> I did suggest, and I'll write it for you, because she, Miss Mary did such a great job with that last disclaimer. That's her doing it there. To do a Christmas disclaimer would be nice, but also a disclaimer for when I declare open phones. Because the open phones is not just my loud mouth, obnoxious loud mouth, but it's also people can call up and say whatever they want to say. And so I might just have to have a disclaimer for that. I've also thought about a disclaimer for certain callers. I've got to edit that call for Judy when she calls in, that song for Judy when she calls in. Or maybe Judy gets her own disclaimer. I'm thinking of a series of really funny disclaimers. That's what I'm thinking about, Miss Mary. So you might be getting some scripts. Just tossing that out there. Alright, triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. So, alright. With this winter storm coming in, remember it was predicted, and I'm going to drive this home for the rest of my life. It was predicted that by now, snow is supposed to be a thing of the past. In fact, that was supposed to happen 20-some years ago, that, that snow was a thing of the past. And when it did happen, it was going to be such a rare event that you're going to have to explain it to your kids. So this week, as the blizzard moves into the area, I would suggest that you explain this to your kids. Take them outside, force them to spend some time out there, and explain to them what they're experiencing as they freeze 
and icicles start to grow from their faces, you know, from their eyebrows, stuff like that. I say, what did they call this again? Uh, let me see if I can find. Let's see. A, B. No, that's not the one I'm looking for over here. Uh, because Now, the weather people, when it comes to, I'm not trying to over... You know, overplay this. This is actually a pretty good snow event here. But you know what weather people do in a situation like this? No matter how bad it is, they have to make it sound worse because headlines keep your attention, right? So some years ago, just a few years back, they started calling things like this a bomb cyclone. Yeah, it's a weather. It actually is a weather term. That actually is a real weather term. But once a reporter heard this, oh, my Lord, bomb cyclone, that sounds really bad. And so they started using that instead because it sounds worse than blizzard. Everybody's used to blizzards. You know what blizzards are. Now we have a new term that's supposed to really scare the hell out of you. A bomb cyclone. What? What's a bomb cyclone? I don't even know what to do. If it was a snowstorm or a blizzard, I would know what to do. What do, what do I do in a bomb cyclone? Oh, my God. Bomb cyclone. I don't know what to do. Like this. Oh Dear God. Lord, what they do to people. But that's most news media for you out there. Send you into, I'm just trying to caution you. Send you into Panicsville. Now, this came out just before I went on vacation. It's from Cowboy State Daily. Headline, keep burning fossil fuels, correction, organic fuels, says Wyoming climate skeptic. Cheyenne, author, geologist, and engineer, computer scientist, educator, and self-described environmentalist, Tony Heller said he studied climate change for eight hours a day for 15 years. He said it's a complicated topic. His work can be seen on his own site, realclimatescience.com and on various other climate change sites that are out there. After all this time, Heller has come to the conclusion that the level of warning the planet is seeing, warming, not warning, warming that the planet is seeing, is mild and perhaps non-existent. Heller believes the waste from nuclear energy production is a much larger problem than pro-nuclear people make it out to be. And the answer to satisfying the workers' energy, just keep burning what we're burning now, coal, gas, and oil. Despite the contrarian viewpoint, Heller's oppositions aren't discredited in the climate world. His credentials run deep in many scientific fields. So you're talking to a scientist here who is a scientist who studies many different fields. He says, you'll be hard-pressed to find anyone with a broader and more successful career in science education, environment, and engineering, he says. So, questions. In the company of those who labeled climate contrarians, Heller could be described as the most contrarian. His friend, Dr. Roy Spencer, a meteorologist and principal research scientist at the University of Alabama Huntsville, developed a satellite-based temperature monitoring gauge, monitoring the degree of warming of the planet is experiencing. Spencer argues that greenhouse gases may have an influence on temperatures, but most warming we've seen is, well, considered in the past few decades, is natural. So, has the planet warmed? Yes. And it's natural, he says. 
Heller, who is a he's a software engineer among other things, says he respects Spencer but questions the accuracy of Spencer's satellite data whether it can be definitively determined that there's been as much warming as the data shows. Yeah, and he's careful not to totally dispute it, but here again, a lot of warming that you've heard about has been exaggerated. Heller says a lot of factors go into what temperature data from satellites say, including orbital decay, time of day, what the satellite is passing over in that part of Earth. He gets into all of that, but okay. Atmospheric, uh, or let, let me get into the part here about academic distrust. Heller casts the same scrutiny on the conclusions of other well-known skeptics, such as Dr. Judith Curry. Curry argues that climate change is real. So do I. I argue that climate change is real. But I also argue that the climate has always been changing. Nothing new is happening here, and we're not causing this. It's always been going on. But it's not going to produce catastrophic results, says Curry. Something touted by many climate activists, she left the crazy environmental... Uh, environmental movement of academia where she regularly was attacked for her ideas uh, uh, and you can you can see that she wants more scientific freedom which is not what she gets in the halls of academia heller believes that science academics finds uh, its department finding itself in a crisis of their research they, in other words their research has a bias and the data does not support their bias. And this is where they have a problem. So then you get into a question of honesty. Heller doesn't hesitate to make his views known. And he's lost some friends over this, by the way. I want to see if I can go ahead and get him on the air and talk to him a little bit more about this. Heller says he was really on board with the idea that the climate was changing and producing terrible outcomes. It was a particularly hot and dry period in northern Colorado at the time when he was doing this. Heller was a soccer coach and could see drought in the grass where he was playing, and things were not getting any colder. But then, you know, being a scientific researcher, he started to research a bit more. And again, I'll see if I can get him on the program to talk to him about this and what he sees as a scientist and why he's a skeptic about this. Let's see. Another one is, see, this is about, oh, another one also, Cowboy State Daily. Woke capitalism takes another blow as Vanguard withdraws from Climate Alliance. I'll go ahead and talk about that next. That has a lot to do with, um, well, woke capitalism pushing their point of view. Uh, not just in woke uh, ideas about uh, gender identity and stuff like that, but involving climate as well. And there are some people that are just getting sick and tired of it and are just pulling their funding out of those who push wokeness. But we'll talk about it next. 817 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. This Wyoming travel. Before you face the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Here's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Wood. Thanks for joining me. All right, 888-97-Woods, the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S, open phones. 
Talking about what I'm talking about, chains, subject, fine. So let's get into this other story about from Cowboy State Daily. Story reads, the world of woke capitalism has shaken with the announcement by Vanguard Group. It's a company that would withdraw from the world's largest climate finance alignment. Alliance. This, once again, the idea that if you want to be in business, you got to follow the woke rules and not just about gender neutral bathrooms and things like this but also are you doing what you need to be doing for the climate saving the planet and all of that because if you're not playing ball well then you're just going to go out of business right we're going to put you out of business according to a statement from the company vanguard has now joined the net zero asset managers initiative nizam <laughs> in 2021, with the goal of understanding the risk climate changes poses to its climate investments. Those initiatives, according to the statement, can advance constructive dialogue, but sometimes it can also result in confusion about views and in individual investment firms. So the initiative is a group of asset managers with about $26 trillion in assets under management committed to the goal of net zero greenhouse emissions by 2050. That means regardless of demand for coal, gas, and oil, or any impacts that come from eliminating those industries, it doesn't do business with any company that uses coal, gas, and oil. You can see the problem that this is going to create. By the way, oh, let me see, Judy from... Gillette sent me this a little while ago. Uh, maybe I can squeeze it in today. If not, I'll see if I can squeeze it in a little bit later this week. Uh, here we go. Cold. This is a headline. I have to look up this story. I'll do it at another time. Cold kills nine times more than heat. Yeah. Uh, about 4,600,000 people every year are killed by cold, not by global warming just let that sink in that's another here's a fact here's a statistic that blows away your narrative okay so top investors engage in environmental social governance esg you've heard about this investors you have faced increased criticism over the public sector for pushing liberal progressive policies and investing in a world that well I mean, you've got to save the planet, right? And push the democratic narrative. Well, Alex Stevens, manager and policy communications for the Institute for Energy Research, cautioned against reading Vanguard's decision as the beginning of the end for ESG. So in other words, Vanguard said, I'm sorry, we're not getting involved in ESG. This is bad for business, bad for people. Especially when we get into a wintertime. Remember, as we go through this storm this week, those of us, not just those of you with me in Wyoming, Colorado, the Dakotas, South Dakota and Nebraska, you guys are really going to, those of us in Wyoming think we're going to get a bad, South Dakota, Nebraska, wow, they're really going to get slammed. And what's going to be keeping them warm is not going to be wind and solar. Those won't be operating. However, there could be a business motivated to separate from ESG in part because, well, again, not just bad for business, but bad for people in general. Ensign Frederick, co-founder and uh, 
asset manager, told Cowboy State Daily that the company was becoming a soulless organization. They don't know who they are. They tend to blow whichever way the wind grows. Well, Vanguard, in its statement on the decision to leave this whole ESG thing, expressed ongoing commitments to net zero. They shouldn't have done that. And remains a member of Climate Action, but we've got to get out of this ESG. They're trying to have it both ways in this case. I'm glad that they're pulling out of this whole ESG nonsense, but this is much like what I see here in the state of Wyoming, where one of the was supposed to be one of the most conservative states that there is, and yet we'll go ahead and take subsidies from the federal government mostly to put up electric charging stations, wind and solar. We get into carbon sequestration. I mean, come on, guys. Enough already. And the idea that we have to become net zero, do you actually buy into that nonsense? Enough already. Quit worrying about how these people on the left see you and actually go with the signs for once and do what actually makes sense for once. Realize, let's take a look at it here again. We got this big winter storm coming. And what is going to keep the people of your state of Wyoming alive? And I mean that literally. Well, it's not going to be wind and solar, is it? No, it's not. It's going to be that coal fire power plant up the road, that natural gas power plant up the road. That's what's going to be keeping us nice and toasty and warm through all of this. That's the answer. And the idea that we're in some climate crisis, far past time for people in states like Wyoming, especially elected officials, far past time for them to take a real stand, quit buying into the subsidies, quit taking the money, quit buying into carbon sequestration, and start actually pushing for a solution that really does work. Push the real science. Do what this Vanguard's doing, although they're doing it half-heartedly. And start pulling out and start doing what really makes sense, not just for your economy, but for the country, for your state, for the people. Coming up on 8.30, local news coming your way. That weather forecast from Don Day, real important. Take a look at that next. Wake up, Wyoming. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Eight thirty-six. the time, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, that's 888-97-WOODS. Get yourself out there to the store, get what you need. Because the next few days, starting tonight and then maybe three days out, as you just heard in Don Day's forecast, yeah, it's going to be kind of nasty out there. So stocking up's a good idea and travel, get it done with. Because this is going to pile up and close things down. So, you know, just don't be on the road that way. On that note, and this kind of dovetails in with what I was talking about just a moment ago. Then we're going to get onto a slightly different story that's just going to amuse the hell out of you. Once again, the media got something wrong about guns. Just keep that, just keep that to the side. Well, I'll get to that. Uh, 
Headline, again, Cowboy State Daily. They have some great articles. Electric ain't going to work. Long-haul truckers in Wyoming not fans of Tesla Semi. By the way, and it really bothered me. I did. I stayed away from news while I was away over the last week. But I did see a headline. I tried not to, but it did pop up in front of me. Tesla is working on electric semi-trucks, has been for quite a while. They're trying to come out with them to replace diesel power trucks. And they're doing it with heavy subsidies from the U.S. government. Now, if somebody wants to try something different, go for it. You know, I'm against subsidies, though. If it weren't for the subsidies, none of this would be happening because it doesn't work without it. That's what failed ideas only work when they're heavily subsidized. As soon as the money dries up, the subsidies dry up. It falls apart. But okay. The first Tesla semi, all electric, heavily subsidized. Class 8 electric truck was delivered to PepsiCo this week. The truck will haul cargo between uh, Frito Lay Plant in. See, Modesto, California, and a beverage factory in Sacramento, roughly about 160 miles round trip. The electric truck requires a special mega charger station to charge, and there are very few anywhere in the country. It takes about 30 minutes, according to Tesla, to charge the truck up to 80%, which will give the vehicle a range of about 400 miles. The company says it hadn't said how long it takes to fully charge. But in standard Tesla cars, the last uh, 20% can take hours. Utility drive estimates that, based on Tesla's specs for the semi, if the United States converted all long-haul trucks to electric, which if you understand how those battery packs and so on work, that's not possible. But that's I'll get into that some other time. The U.S. would need to produce about 504 terawatts of power, more than 10 times more power than the state of Wyoming produces annually. And yet they claim this is going to be zero emissions. Once again, there's no way you're going to do this with wind and solar. And let's not forget California. Ask people to stop charging their Teslas. It got really hot one summer, and they, please stop charging your Teslas. We need the power. If all the trucks out there were electric trucks, where do they think that they're going to get the power to do this? Now, on that note, the perfect person to talk to about this is Judy from Casper. Hi, Judy. Good morning, Glenn. Um, I'm glad you're home, and I hope you had a good time. Yeah, I had a great time, and I came just back in time for this storm, so yay. I got a question for you. Sure. Well, actually, I want you to give me a definition. Okay. Um, we've been going to the county commissioner's meetings, and they're getting ready to adopt the most hideous land use plan I think I've seen of any of them that I've looked at across the United States. And one of the commissioners said that Casper, Wyoming, was a metropolitan area uh, now. Yeah. Would you please explain to these guys what a metropolitan area yeah. is? Let's see. Let's see if I can find real quick a definition. Because, you see, I had a problem, Judy, when I first came to Wyoming, when I would see, and I've done this with other places around the country, but especially in Wyoming, 
what a definition of a city is. Because to me, yeah. a city has skyscrapers, right? But okay. Metropolitan area or metro is a region that consists of density, population, urban uh, alignment surrounded by territories, sharing industry. Okay, that's kind of a broad definition there. U.S. Office of Management budget defines metropolitan as a standardized county or equivalent-based area having at least one urban area of 50,000 or more in population, plus adjacent territory with a high degree of social, economic, and integrated systems. That's now, does the de- that sound like Jasper? Well, you, I guess you got the population just to fit into it. You just fit into it with the population. And then when you consider how industrial Casper is outside of the city of Casper in, in the county, I guess technically it, ju- it just makes the definition. Yeah. Well, one of our county commissioners said that uh, most of uh, Natrona County want more zoning and more control over their land use. So I turned to the audience. And I asked, there was about, oh, I don't know, 35, 40 people there. I had a pretty good turnout. Not as good as I usually do, but people yeah. are just now waking up to this. And I said, does anybody here want zoning? And not a single hand went up in the room. Right. And then the commissioner goes on to start spouting this, oh, well, this is a metropolitan area. Well, I'm like you. I'm from, De- I'm from Detroit. You're from Florida. And a metropolitan area to me has a bus line. Yeah. As a rail system, as a hundred or more shops doing business, you know, whether it's in the automotive industry or something else. Uh, Casper is more like um, a suburb mm-hmm. of a metropolitan area to me. Yeah. And anyway, that's kind of what I want to go with this. On the 20th people, you need to show up because these guys are going to adopt this horrible land use plan where you're stuck going, Mother, may I build a porch? Mother, may I change my uh, change my uh, pole barn into a mother-in-law's house? Mother, may I put up a new fence? And they're bringing in that you know that stuff that's been down in Colorado and everywhere else that makes people leave these states because of things like this. So I wanted to bring that up okay. this morning. I'm we're getting fired up over it. I've got you know a pretty good following going on right now. That are wanting to know what the what in the cornbread are these people thinking to control every aspect of your life like they own our property or something. All right. Now on that note, so we gotta get people people to show up what time, where? Five thirty. Right. Uh on the twentieth of December, third floor of the old courthouse. Right. And if you want a copy of the land use plan, you can pick it up down at the Um, down at the planning and zoning, or you can look at it online. Even that's confusing. They got a blue copy and a red copy. And if you don't know which one is the one they adopted, you're looking at two different plans and you haven't got a clue which one it is. But either one of them is just as bad as what they've done down in Colorado. And I'm flat out mad. My neighbors are mad. You know, if we have to ask permission to do something on our own property, you get to ask permission to get an animal. Did you know that? No. Oh, what kind of animal? Horse. Any animal or, or what kind of animal? Pardon? What kind of animal? Any kind? Well, whether you want a horse or a goat or okay. yeah. uh, get some chickens, you got to ask permission for that. All right. You live out in the county, you know. You live out in the county for a reason. 
So you don't have all these rules and regulations. And I need people to show up and tell these commissioners, do not adopt this land use plan. It is overzealous, over-restrictive, and it's an invasion of your private property rights. Now, you remember, I fought for them one eight years ago. I need somebody to step up to the plate now and fight them again. All right. Thank you, Judy. 845, Wake Up Wyoming. All right, so let me... Stay inside. Uh, that one. Step one. Stay inside. Don't drive. Yeah, Wake don't drive anywhere. Uh, also, uh, snacks and Netflix. Join the show. 888 Okay, so let me see. Um, take half a lemon, salt, a bottle of tequila... And make a couple of margaritas and don't go out. That was one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's very, very, very. Uh, the common one: don't eat the yellow snow. Yeah, that's yes, that's a good a, yes, one, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Friendly reminder: as cold weather sets in, animals are attracted to the warmth of your vehicles. Always check your car before driving. And there's a show. There's a picture of a cow laying on top of a BMW. <laughs> okay. uh, never make snow angels in the dog park. No, 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 yeah, no. Okay. You made. You, 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 it's a surprise. Okay. Oh, this is a good one for the amount of snow we're about to get. Always carry bacon in your pocket. So if you fall and get lost underneath the snow. The dogs will find you. Oh, I thought you were saving the bacon for something to eat while you. And were this is one in the case snow. where you don't eat the bacon. Okay. Yeah, you share it with the dog when he finds you. Okay. Uh, you won't injure yourself skiing if you stay in bed and don't go skiing. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the best way to enjoy winter is to go somewhere else like Florida and enjoy watching it on television and making all fun of all of those people who've decided just to, you know stay and and suffer through it but i'll go back to what you said at the very beginning of it go to the store today this is your window of opportunity yes gather your errands what you need. done today yes get it all out of the way because in the height you you've seen it frank we get slammed and we knew it was coming everybody did but there's still cars out there and then they get stuck some cars get stuck with low clearance yes the big ones can get through I like, and I am with, I back up the emergency, the police, and so on, when they get to the point when they finally just say, you know, good luck with that, because... Oh, eventually they say, no unnecessary travel? Yeah, and if you get... Which is really what that really means. If you get stuck out there, we told you. All righty, in the NFL from yesterday, another game, another loss for the Denver Broncos. They're a whopping 3-10 after a 34-28 loss to Kansas City yesterday. The Chiefs jumped out to a 27-0 lead, but the Broncos did get back into the game with a couple of interceptions that they eventually turned into touchdowns. But the season has been just an outright disaster for the Broncos. They are awful. And their quarterback, Russell Wilson, left the game in the fourth quarter with a concussion prior to that injury. He was 23 of 36 for 247 yards and three touchdowns. Denver has lost eight games this year by one score. Also in the NFL, Casper Day, UW grad, and Cincinnati linebacker Logan Wilson with 14 solo tackles in their 23-10 win over Cleveland. The Bengals have won five in a row. The Browns had six rushing yards in the second half. Buffalo is 10-3 after a 20-12 win over the New York Jets. Former Wyoming Cowboy and Buffalo star Josh Allen, six 16 of 27 for 147 yards with a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Men's College Hoops, the Wyoming Cowboys improved the 5-5 five and five with a 92-65 win over Louisiana Tech on Saturday in Larry. Noah Reynolds and Brendan Wenzel chucked in 20 points apiece, going a combined 12 of 20 from the floor. Most folks thought the post would be better than 5-5 five and five at this point, but there's a long way to go. UW will play Dayton on Saturday at a tournament in Chicago. Women's College Hoops, the Wyoming Cowgirls won their fourth in the row. They downed Missouri-Kansas City 72-43 in Laramie yesterday 
yesterday afternoon. Malene Peterson led the way with 20 points on 8 of 11 shooting from the field. Quinn Weideman was 5 of 7 from the floor. She finished with 12. UW is a team shot 57% from the floor, so they're 6-3 and three on the year. Their next game will be December the 18th at Nebraska. National Finals Rodeo wrapped up on Saturday in Las Vegas in the saddle. Ron, former Sheridan College Cowboy Zeke Thurston won the World Championship and the average. He had we won over 74 grand for winning the average and won over 399,000 for the season. Needless to say, he had a terrific rodeo, and that's his third world title. Cheyenne East High School grab Brody Crest, third in the average of the Saddle Bronc, and took sixth in the world standings. He won over 246 grand this year. Crest won the average of the NFR last year. Tanner Butner of Daniel Wyoming, 14th in the world standings in that event. In the bareback, Buffalo's Cole Reiner ended up seventh in the average and seventh in the world standings. He won over 228 grand this season in the Pro Rodeo Circuit. It's in sports. So okay, let me see. What kind of snackage do you usually get? From you know, like I like right. You know, ch- you know, checks. Checks are good. Oh, you know, check mix. Checks mix. Oh, I love those. You know, yeah, like trail mix. Okay. You know, Did, uh, yeah. This is one of those rare times. I know why this is rare for me, but one of those rare times I like to get like French onion dip and Pringles. That that's very good too. Yeah. Oh, and split pea soup. Pass. Oh, you hate split pea? Yes. Like, I love split pea soup. Especially because, because it's two soups? I, split no, and pea? No, and and uh, a, was it a grilled cheese sandwich? Go with uh, that. No, th- now, now you're talking. Okay. Or, okay, tell you what. Grilled cheese and tomato soup. Now that is, that, that is a perfect winter lunch Cannot and dinner. Cannot go wrong with that combination. No. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. I'm going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. That, that's the important part. Open phones, wake up well. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Monday. This is the day that you get together whatever you can to make sure you can, well, you're prepared for the next few days in Wyoming so you can just kind of stay home if you're able to. Ride out. It's going to be a lot of snow, a lot of wind. Just going to be nasty out there. Some places will be shut down. Mike is on the phone with us. It is Open Phones. Morning, Mike. Yes, I remember, I think it was like four or five years ago, they were naming storms, uh, the yep. winter storms, like they do the hurricanes, and they only done yeah. that for like one season <laughs> yeah, that I know of. You know, come to and think of like, it, they have given up on that. I haven't heard that in a while either. I noticed, and I, I, I'm observing those things like that, and I'm like, man, that was weird, what's this all about? And then yeah. they only did it for one season that I remember. Okay. Well, I guess I wonder if it's because people started making fun of it. I hope so. I don't know that to be the case, but I hope it's because so many people made fun of them naming winter storms to make it sound as bad as possible. Yeah, we get them around here so pretty bad sometimes. Yeah, we don't have to remember every single name. If it does get to the point that it is a serious blizzard that shuts down everything and will be remembered for decades... Give it a name. Winter of forty eight. The winter of four was it forty seven or forty eight? Yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah. But and th- and that's just the the date was put on that one. But yeah, I'm okay giving them a name to a storm if it really is a substantial event. But just because it's another blizzard and you know keeps us at home for a couple of days, psh, I don't need a name for that. 
Well, thank you. All right, thanks for calling, Mike. I appreciate. What he's talking about? It was a while ago, and I noticed this too. The Weather Channel news media they started to name winter storms, just like you would name a hurricane, right? And that made it sound considerably worse, which is what they're trying to do. The purpose of the media, I can tell that I can tell you this as an expert because what I've been what have I been doing for most of my life? This. The whole idea is to get you to tune in and stay tuned in. And so if it's another blizzard, that gets boring after a while. So they'll find anything they can do. That's why when some meteorologist said, well, this storm is referred to in meteorology as a bomb cyclone. Oh, a bomb cyclone. That's a good one. And so, uh, oh, everybody grabbed that one for a while, remember? A bomb cyclone. What? What's a bomb cyclone? I don't even know what to do. If it was a snowstorm or a blizzard, I would know what to do. What do, what do I do in a bomb cyclone? This poor guy oh my just losing his mind. Bomb cyclone. I don't know what yeah, to Steve do. wants oh to God. respond to Judy. Hi, Steve. Good morning. Morning, um, sir. Yeah, I just, uh, the other thing that Judy, the other side of that that they won't really talk about is how it builds bureaucracy. Uh, all of these rules, the more rules they have, you know, her, her idea of mother, may I build ports? Well, you got to have a mother. So that's one on the payroll. And then they got to send somebody out to do a site inspection. And so that's a, their son Bob's on the payroll. And right. so pretty soon you have a whole family of bureaucrats. Then you got to hire um, people to do the payroll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's only limited to the creativity of the governing body. How many of these site inspection steps, reinspections, Right. You know, paperwork—it's it's only limited to their their imagination. So right. that's kind of scary. Their job. And, and I like, well, Steve, if you owned a private business, your goal would be to continually grow the business because growth is security, right? People in government see it much the same way. Growing government is security. It's job security for them. So they want to continually spend more money and grow government. If they ever have to shrink it, well, imagine if you owned your own private business and you had to scale back. Well, then you're going to worry about how you make a living, aren't you? So yep. it's yep. the That's same. That's exactly right. That's yeah. what's wrong with these regulations. More regulations they come up with. You know, yeah. they're taking the private property right taking. Yeah. And instead of giving that property owner something in compensation, they're going to charge for it. So uh -huh. they're taking a private property right, and then they're charging for it. Yeah. Selling it back. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Well, for, for those who don't know, Judy from Casper called. And she was talking about county commission meetings and how, once again, they're trying to come up with all sorts of new rules and regulations for the county that she lives in in Wyoming. And Steve is exactly right. What they do is make a new rule, regulation, whatever the case is, and then they have to build the bureaucracy up in order to, well, enforce all of that, right? So that means hiring more people, and that's more taxpayer dollars, by the way, and government just continues and continues and continues to grow. He's absolutely right about that. Cody's in Carpenter about zoning. Morning, Cody. Good morning, Lenny. Hey, I just wanted to encourage all all the folks in the Toronto County to stand up and get out there and fight against that zoning deal. Okay. It just it just it just infuriates me to no end that kind of stuff. You know, your private property 
getting told what I can or can't do right. with my own stuff, you know. They, the, the thing is, is that these bureaucracies, like you just were talking about, just grow and grow and grow. It, it, you know, you give up this little bit of liberty, liberty, you're not ever getting it back. Right. It's just going to get more and more and more. And that's how they, they sold it to us here in Laramie County initially. It was, oh, it's, it's just going to be about, you know, contractors building houses, not going to bother you, you know. And then we never voted for any of it. But then over time, now they're trying to control everything. I mean, I can't build a chicken house without going to get a mm. permit. They want a permit to put a, a tough shed in, you know. And yeah. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. So you can't you, you know you can't wait for it to happen and try to get it rescinded. I mean, they say they can rescind it, but that rarely happens. You know, speak up now, get out there, get this voted down and shut down. So, All right, anyway, thank you, Cody. It's, it's my heart beating. All right, triple eight ninety seven. What's the phone number? That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You know, me and more of the libertarian kind of guy. I like limited government my idea would be you make a few basic rules and there are some good rules out there even if you are way out in the county you don't want somebody dumping raw sewage or something toxic into the land or the water you know basic things like that a few basic rules that anybody can understand fine and once you have those rules in place stop what gets me is that we have people in government who constantly are sitting around making more rules. They're constantly. This is what they do. They meet time and time again to add more and more and more rules to this and build the bureaucracy and grow the size of government. A few basic rules that anybody can understand, a small limited government, and just freeze it there and keep it that way. Now, if something changes, and things do, new technologies come along, we live in different ways. Sometimes we have to change some of the rules, and that's fine, which is why I'm in favor of government meeting occasionally, not regularly, but government meeting occasionally to discuss some changes that might need to be made. But constantly adding to the rules and regulations, this is one of the reasons why I want, you know, the state of Wyoming meets once a year for a limited period of time, like we'll say a month average, a limited period of time to pass laws. But of course, they still do meet all year long in all sorts of committee meetings. They just can't officially vote anything into law until they actually reach the legislative session, right? I would rather that they were only allowed to meet, and I know this is really limiting them, I'll allow them to have maybe a month before the legislative session to organize the legislative session. And then they actually have the legislative session itself where, they're actually, where they can vote things into law. And that's it. And I would do the same thing for your city government and your county government as well and the federal government. Because where we wind up in trouble is when we have people like this, like we have in government, who sit around all day long, day after day after day, dreaming up the next rules, regulation, law. No, enough. Stop already. We don't need any more. We have more than enough. In fact, if anything, we need to reduce the size of this. Now, here's the scary part of it. Remember, the people keep electing this nonsense rather than electing limited government thinkers. 915, wake up Wyoming. 97 Woods, or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Nine twenty one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. You can do it the last few callers did. Change the subject if you want. Fine by me. 
888-97 was the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Headline, Cowboy State Daily. No more natural gas. Biden plan would ban all federal buildings from using natural gas by 2030. First off, he really can't get away with that. He can go ahead and do that as an executive order and so on. Is he going to be president in 2030? No, he might not even be alive by that point, considering his age. So any other president that comes along with a different point of view can just go ahead and change that. So, all right, Biden administration plans to ban all federal buildings using natural gas and what he calls fossil fuels in general. So he wants all federal buildings to be powered by wind and solar. Personally, I'm in favor of it. Now, that's bad news for you people who work in those federal buildings. I don't know how in the state of Wyoming federal buildings could be powered by anything other than natural gas and coal, considering that's what we do. Look, by I, I tell you, I don't think that by 2030 we're going to shut down all the coal-fired power plants because, well, here again, take a look at the weather that's coming this week. What's going to be keeping us warm? So we're not going to shut it down. But if all federal buildings in Wyoming, Colorado, the Dakotas, Montana, etc., we're all running by wind and solar, then what are they going to do for power when the storms like this one come in? Personally, I'm in favor as much as I don't have any personal opposition to people who work for government, but in general, I don't like the institution of bureaucracy. So the opportunity to shut it down, please just go wind and solar. That means those buildings won't be open all that long. Greg is in Laramie. Hello, Greg. Well, I'm, I'm traveling. Hi, Glenn. How you doing? I'm Good. traveling from Laramie to Dayton. Okay. Uh, I beat the snow out. Um, I, I was listening to your Thanksgiving story with, you know, the Rush Limbaugh picture thing, and I'd never heard that that angle on it before, so right. I decided I, would, I was uh, lucky enough to have my favorite historical podcaster. Um, I, I wanted to know if... if um, you know, and I listened to your description about the fairness doctrine as well. Right. Basically saying that that us calling in is now kind of the fairness doctrine is what I I'm looking at. We can give the other side. Right. And and on the Thanksgiving story, um, I'll just say did uh, Rush Limbaugh ever talk about other Maryland um, you know, the, the the Maryland compact called the Marymount, Thomas Fort, his little no, um, he focused specifically since Thanksgiving Day focuses on that one place and that one you know community. That's what he focused the story on. Uh, yeah, so it ends up only being one-sided about kind of how uh, America started, and right. And I just or, or that Thanksgiving tradition, and, right? And, yeah, and and he never really describes why the the native culture was there at that time that could help the the pilgrims out uh, it seems like they had some sort of system that wasn't quite based on capitalism that seemed to be working wasn't it well yeah the Here's you know, Let me blow away some things that I oftentimes hear about uh, American Indians. First off, the ones who lived in teepees, those were the Plains Indians. And that really only happened after the Spanish came through and left horses behind. So right. if you go across the continent, in fact, when 
the first settlers came to the New England states, they found the natives there living in essentially log cabins. They just didn't have chimneys. They had a hole in the ceiling. But they also built what you, – you know the old fort you see with the logs that go around, that kind of a thing? Indians up there built those before the white man ever came along. That's how they lived. And the idea that they didn't understand private property – oh, no, they did. They had territories. They had their own homes. They understood private property. As far as any kind of a capitalist system, it was just trade. I mean, some people traded better than others and had more stuff than others. But mainly it was just a matter of – trade for the sake of I'm good at making, let's say, arrow tips and you're good at making blankets. Let's swap. You know, the the system. Yeah, I mean, but it, it wasn't the sense of capitalism like today where, you know, you can get really rich if you're good at it. You know, but it was just a I, I look at uh, the free trade system as the natural state of human beings. What is unnatural, and I think this was Limbaugh's point in his story, is when you try to say we're going to live in a collective and that has never worked anywhere it's ever been tried. But when you have a system set up where people can develop a skill like, again, I'm good at making arrowheads, you're good at making blankets and we can do business with each other. That's a system that human beings have engaged in since the first civilizations, and that's worked very well. Well, I'll just say that, that if you actually read about Thomas Morton and, and, yeah. and the Barry Bomb, is that the Puritans um, came in with their guns and virtually destroyed their collective. Right. So, um, so in other words, we got a different story. Yeah. I will just say nobody, or at least, well, Maybe some people would want to live under the Puritan code. No, that wouldn't. Uh, but yeah. it wasn't very forgiving. I mean, you would be dead if you didn't believe the way they believed. Sure. Oh, the, so, oh that's true, yeah. Celebrating the Puritans is um, nothing uh, to be proud of. Well, uh, no, in fact, let me, and let me put uh, one more, it, because what you're saying is true, but let me add one more thing to it. One thing I've noticed, especially, I knew this before I came out west, but especially when I came out west and really looked into it, Human beings all over the world at any time in history, we've all been really good to each other at times and also really nasty. When you looked at what the American Indians were doing to each other before the white man arrived, they were doing all of the same things. They broke treaties. There were massacres. Tribes completely wiped out other tribes. I mean, it was horrible. What they, The Sand Creek Massacre is something that the white people are guilty of, and the Indian tribes were doing that to each other before we ever arrived. The only difference between us and them is we were the tribe that beat all other tribes. Other than that, human beings can be just horrible at times. Me, gun, germ, see Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. Germs, especially. Other than that, we all acted the same way. Well, you know, I mean, just say gunpowder had a little more... Uh, yeah, uh, it, yeah. G- it gave us a technological <laughs> advantage. But as far as behavior goes, we can all be a bunch of royal jerks at times. Well, I would argue that, that religion makes us bigger jerks, but that would Well, yeah, but again, that, that's because of religion. But remember, before that, that religion arrived, those tribes were doing the same things to each other for other reasons. Yeah, well, I, you know, I just... Yeah. Go throughout, go throughout human history, and I got to run. Any continent, any time okay. in human history, you'll find it to be true. It's Wake Up, Wyoming.
with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine thirty six at time. Wake up, Wyoming. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Real quick, I've been trying to get to this story all morning long. All I have to do is take a look at the headline for you. New York Times is ridiculed for using shotgun shells in a photo to promote an article attacking the AR fifteen. <laughs> yeah, scroll down and take a look at their headline here. Yeah, this is what they put on Twitter. <clears throat> New York Times. I want to know who did this in the New York Times. This is what they tweet. The AR-15 has become the talesman for some right-wing political voters. Uh, that's a particularly disturbing trend at a time when violent political rhetoric and actual political violence in the United States is rising, writes the editorial board. Yeah, I wonder if they want to note how much the violence is rising on the left Oh, they'll point out right-wing groups rising, but they don't like to point out left-wing groups like Antifa and BLM. But all right. So with the tweet about AR-15s is a picture of a bunch of shotgun shells. <laughs> Yay. Go New York Times. Okay. Um me and Laramie writes, see, we had a caller earlier asking about, are, are winter storms named anymore? I hadn't heard. So maybe they, I thought they had given it up. No. Me and Laramie says, winter storm is still named, this one is called Diaz, D-I-A-Z. I looked it up. It is. Yeah, this is a winter storm Diaz coming at you. Next one, Josie's in Casper. Good morning, Glenn. I fully agree with limited government problems is citizenry. Yeah, we keep electing these people, so that's the problem. We keep electing these people to office. The problem is citizenry. Wait a second, this suddenly... I hate it when it does that. Okay. I was reading something, and suddenly it decides to update me. See, this one is Diaz. Um, okay. Here is Ben, George, and Vernon. Glenn, I have property in Laramie County with a shop and no house. Not yet, anyway. The county will not issue an address because I don't have a residential building permit or a certificate of occupancy. But you well know my taxes have gone up to reflect the structures. Very aggravating. See, Jonesy and Casper, if something goes wrong, well, there should be a law against doing that. Yeah, this is what Jonesy and I were talking about is when it comes to people wanting more government, people keep demanding more and more government. We keep electing the people who go to office and just write the next law, write the next law, write the next law. For a couple of reasons. One, people like free stuff and handouts. Even though it's not free, it costs them dearly, but they don't get to see the cost, so they don't think it costs them anything. But also people like to have government to tell their neighbor what to do. Nobody likes it when government tells them what to do, but they love it when the government tells their neighbor what to do. 
Tim and Casper, people can go online and make comments with line items on the proposal. That's, again, that zoning proposal there in the Toronto County. At least people uh, show up and, and demand a 45-day comment timeline instead of trying to railroad it through in a couple of weeks. I think some of the present commissioners may think it would be an easier process. Okay, well, I just in general, I like the idea of, yeah, go ahead and during the comment period when they're trying to pass something. It's a good idea to write some comments in, but I think it makes much more of an impact to have actual citizens show up and pack the room. And you can't just do it once. you got to do it again and again and again and again. Keep showing up. Keep packing the place out and make a lot of noise. Make a lot of stink if it's something that you don't like, if you want to get them to stop. And then, here once again, we need to take a good look as citizens at who we elect and why. And I think that is a big part of the problem where I was talking with Jonesy and Casper about this. A big part of the problem is people like to get their free stuff, which is why they vote for bigger and bigger government. They don't realize they're voting their liberties away and they're not voting for free stuff. It's going to cost them. But also, people love it when they can have control of their neighbors And since they can't control their neighbors, they get government to control their neighbors. Where they find out that's a big mistake is when that government control comes back on them. Corey is in Nebraska. Hello, Corey. That story on the tweet from the New York Times. Let's see. The AR-15. They did a story about the AR-15 and they used shotgun shells. So I'm doing a link that he shows me. AR comes with detachable front line and detachable carry handle, rear sight, shotgun. Oh, you can go ahead and convert your AR-15 into a shotgun. Interesting. But that, of course, has nothing to do with the story. I understand where you're going, Corey. That's cool. I didn't know that. But that has nothing to do with the story that the New York Times was writing. One of my favorite ones that I ever saw was somebody wrote an article and had a really nice-looking piece of artwork with a bullet coming out of the barrel of an AR-15, but the bullet still had the jacket on it, yet it was flying out of the barrel as if it had just been shot. 942, Wake Up, Wyoming. And Listening to some Wyoming people complaining and about the cost of the Christmas trees, Wyoming frankly, mobile really expensive app. this year. This is yeah, AM 1030, it used to K2 be, Radio. It was a dollar of, uh, no, $10 a foot. Oh. You know, five foot tree, yeah, fifty right. bucks. Okay. You know, and I think that price has gone up. Well, supply know. chain shortages, Christmas tree problems because of being able to actually grow some this year. A whole list of problems. The prices are. Outrageous. Oh, they can. They've been growing uh, trees all year long. Uh, no, they. They're, they're full, really. Wisconsin is full of them. They're really expensive right now. So here's what I found out. Okay. So here's someone who took a bunch of books, made a little Christmas tree. Someone who took egg cartons, painted them green, made a tree. Someone who took wrapping paper and, you know, still in, in uh, not the whole tube, but, you know, still some wrapper on the tube and cut them one tube after the next to the shape of a Christmas tree. Okay. Okay. That looks kind of good. Someone who took a bunch of Christmas decorations and glued them into the shape of a Christmas tree. Okay. Someone who took a twig. <laughs> just, and just it actually one, one of those, like, the, the, the peanuts, you know, the, yes. that little It actually looks pretty tree. darn good. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Someone here's someone who took a ladder 
and decorated the ladder. Looks really good. I like the guy who went ahead and just took, you know, the green stuff for your wrapper or around the tree, whatever, the tinfoil. Mm-hmm. The tinfoil, not the green stuff. And they just went ahead and made a Christmas tree design on their wall and then hung some balls. From That's it. cheap. Oh, come like on. That. Do you, you think, think the like kids that? will like that? Well, I don't care. I do. Because <laughs> because it. if they don't like it, they're going to make your you life miserable. It. Here's someone who took, uh, let me see, a bunch of green plastic bottles and made a Christmas tree shape <laughs> well, out of it. It doesn't work for you? Green plastic bottles. Yeah. Now, no. I've seen Christmas trees with uh, hanging okay. bottles. Okay. So you want the real deal. more entertaining. Okay. Yeah, let me see. Here's someone who took a bunch of tin and pounded it into the shape of a Christmas tree. <laughs> Fine. That took some work anyway. I mean, you could have just gone and bought the tree. Yes, but that's expensive. We're trying to get away from the price. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Well, I just told you a bunch of ways. If the tree is too expensive, if you're looking at the price of the tree and going, I am not paying that much money, here's a bunch of creative solutions. But are they all free? Well, but they cost a lot. How much is your labor? How much is your time? Oh, oh, I see. You're going to charge for my time. time. Yeah. How much? What is your time worth to you? Trust me, my time is cheap. (laughs) Ask anyone who hangs out with me. (laughs) We'll figure it out. All right. In the NFL from yesterday, uh, the Denver Broncos lost again. What a surprise! They're three and ten after a 34-28 defeat to Kansas City. Chiefs scored the first 27 points of the game, but the Broncos did get back into it thanks to a couple of interceptions that they eventually turned into touchdowns. But this season has been an outright disaster for the Broncos. They are just awful. And quarterback Russell Wilson left the game in the fourth quarter with a concussion. Prior to that injury, he was 23 of 36 for 247 yards and three touchdowns. Denver's lost eight, lost eight games this year by one score. Also in the NFL, Casper Native, UW grad, and Cincinnati linebacker Logan Wilson with 14 solo tackles in their 23 to 10 win over Cleveland yesterday. The Broncos have won five in a row. Buffalo is 10 and three after a 20 to 12 win over the New York Jets. Former Wyoming Cowboy and Buffalo star quarterback Josh Allen, 16 of 27 for 147 yards with a passing TD and a rushing TD. In men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys are five up and five down after a 92-65 victory over Louisiana Tech on Saturday in Larry. Noah Reynolds and Brendan Wetzel chucked in 20 apiece, uh, going a combined 12 of 20 from the floor. Most folks thought the Pokes would be better than five and five at this juncture, but there's still a long way to go. UW played Dayton on Saturday at a tournament in Chicago. Women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls won their fourth in a row with a 72 40 win over Missouri, Kansas City yesterday in Laramie. Melanie Peterson led the way with 20 points. She was 8 of 11 from the field. Quinn Whiteman, 5 of 7 from the floor. She finished with a dozen. UW is a team shot 57% from the floor, so they improved the 6-3. and three. Their next game will be at Nebraska on the 18th of December. National Finals Rodeo wrapped up on Saturday in Las Vegas in the Saddlebrock. Former Sheridan College Cowboy Zeke Thurston won the world championship and the average. He won over $74,000 for the average and over $399,000 for the season. Needless to say, he had a terrific rodeo, and that's his third world title. Cheyenne East High School grab Brody Crest was third in the average of the Saddlebronk and took sixth in the world standings with over two hundred forty-six grand in earnings. Crest won the average of the NFR last year. Tanner Butner of Daniel, Wyoming, was 14th in the world standings. In the bareback, Buffalo's Cole Reiner ended up seventh in the average and seventh in the world standings. He earned over two hundred twenty-eight grand. 
Cam this season on the PRCA Tour. And that's in sports. So I've, I've been noticing you've been ragging on the Broncos today. Just yes, and I, I, this just... has been a season of dreams for me. Yes. <laughs> I could not envision a, a better scenario okay. other than the yes. previous five or six seasons. But this okay. one is even better than that. So the worse they are, the happier Frank is. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Look, I'm glad they could lower themselves to your expectations. <laughs> you know, hu- humility, you know, you got to take it at all, at all you know, it's, I know it's hard for Bronco fans to be yeah. be humble, but right. this is a, a this good is lesson a humbling for them. experience. But yeah. now, hang on, how do they start getting out of it? Because that's something. No, no, I would just lose the rest of the season. And get no, a good no, I mean the not the, after the season's over. I mean, fire the head coach. Fire the head. Coach. Get rid of the quarterback. Okay. Start over again. Okay. You think that's going to happen? No. Okay. <laughs> well, then you're going to have a great next year. I know. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care. Of. We'll roll into news time after that national local update and weather forecast. Oh, and then, if you would, get yourself out there. Just bring some extra stuff home. Make sure the fuel tank is full. If you don't have to go anywhere in the next few days, don't. Let's wake up, Wyoming.